morning, everybody. Welcome. Um, announcement video was great today. I just want to make sure you heard, in case you weren't here, some of you weren't here that early. Baptism. We're doing a baptism October 3rd at Bay of Honda from 9 to 10. So if you would like to be baptized, just come and let me know. And you need to be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized yet. I call that a biblical non-negotiable. Other people, we come because they just don't remember their baptism. And so I, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a memory of being baptized, come make one. It's important. All right? You should have it. It's one of those things that you will think about. So that's coming up along with some other things. And uh, very excited about, we were talking, I was talking, I'm just rambling for a moment. But I was talking with Chef Matt uh, last night, and he's the one that we partner with about our vineyard outreaches that we do. You know, the Hello Vineyard Outreaches and... Um, we just did one on Labor Day weekend. It was really good with the brisket and everything. And in October, we're going to do a candy giveaway the night before. Uh, we'll do it at our fall festival, October 30th. Uh, and so that's going to be cool. But we were talking about Thanksgiving, and we can't do our big Thanksgiving thing that we normally do yet. So uh, we're going to do another giveaway. And so we were talking about what we should do. And he, I said, I, you know, people will have a, a lot of people will have their meal and stuff. I don't want to do that. But let's, let's make up like a really good dessert. Um, you give them all the fixings for a really cool dessert. And so he said, yeah, Alice's idea. Good job. But in my discussion. So anyway, she wants to know. Yeah, I, I got it. Uh, it. But Matt said, uh, Chef Matt said, hey, let's do a pumpkin bread pudding. I thought, well, that sounds good. He's oh, it's really good. So they're going to get all the fixings together and we'll partner with Chef Matt and Southernmost down there. And, and we'll do a big giveaway right before Thanksgiving. So that's coming up. So those are all things that are kind of fun and happening and very cool. All right. Enough of me rambling. We're talking in our series called An Unshakable Foundation about how this story, this major, amazing story that we're all in fits from beginning to end. And we're taking some time now. We're three months in uh, about how this all sort of works together. Because I think if you understand the story uh, from beginning to end and how it all weaves together and that it's all amazingly tied together. And, and you know, the, the, the big themes, you know, God wants to dwell with us. And we see that over and over again. Heaven and earth overlap, not millions of miles apart, connect in all sorts of ways that... When you take that in, I think it's easier than to see how you fit into the story. And then once you realize how you fit into his story, it just I think it opens the scriptures up again. And, and how they apply to us in living our lives and how amazing it really is to be walking with Jesus. What a, what a blessing. And so, last week I talked about the power of life. And I'll give you a quick review here in a minute. Uh, and today, what I want to do is I want to add to that, and we're going to pop into the Old Testament and pull out a, a very fascinating story, and then you're going to see how that applies to our lives today, and, and how Jesus not only dealt with death, but what he did about sin. And so these are important things for us to know. So, bad joke time. Oh, yeah, I remember a number of years back when my, my wife was in labor, she started shouting, shouldn't, wouldn't, couldn't, didn't, can't. And the doctor said, don't worry, those are just contractions. They're having a new contest here in the islands. I just entered it. It's the island's uh, tightest hat contest. I just hope I can pull it off. No, I got one more. A man with control issues walks into a bar. He orders everyone around. Come on, that's funny. 
Alice, honey, please. They're not responding. Well, they are responding, but not in the way that I'd like. Save me. Oh, that's a tough act to follow, those jokes, dear. (laughs) Good morning and welcome. Thank you for staying through the bad jokes. We're glad you're here this morning. Let's, um, Let's focus in again on God before we read the text today. Amen. your kingdom come, Lord. Let it break through our hearts and our minds. Father, I thank you that even as you lay this foundation in our lives, you're taking us even deeper. Father, you always want to take us to the deep waters where real life is. And I just pray, Lord, today that as we we hear what you have for us, you would enlighten us. That you would bring your peace again. Thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little disclaimer here before I read the text today. It's not a happy text, but Steve's going to explain it to you in the sermon, so no booing and hissing, okay? This is out of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. They traveled from Mount Or along the route to the Red Sea to go, to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. And then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. And then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Blessed be the word of God. That is a great passage of Scripture. And it's one of those passages that uh, maybe you haven't understood, but we're going to look at it in context a little bit here today, because Jesus brings it up in a discussion he has with Nicodemus. So we'll build up towards that at the end of uh, our sermon today, message today. But I want to sort of recap last week, because last week we developed the idea that, uh, sorry, my iPad fell over. We died with Jesus. Um, and so what does that mean? It's, it's we were brought to death with him so that we could be brought into new life with him. And so, you know, if you, if you weren't here last week, um, you know, I, I talked about how um, when the enemy deceived Adam and Eve, what happened was he brought a new power into the world, the power of death. And, and so the enemy is death and darkness, sin, all those things came in at that point in time. So when Jesus comes, and and John talks about him being the light of the world that was to come, when Jesus comes, he comes with the power of life. He's the opposite of everything that the enemy is. And so he's light and life. And so he enters the scene, and and the power of life overcomes the power of death. And so at the cross, and we talked about this week, Jesus, last week, Jesus takes death down and deals with it. The power of life overwhelms the power of death and deals with it. 
And I said this, that somehow what's happened is that Jesus has taken us with him. So not only did he go through it for us, he took us with him through the cross and into the other side. Uh, with him, the, the side of the resurrection. And so everything has changed. I said that because of that, we're now eternal um, people living in the present in mortal bodies. And this is just a fascinating concept, but one that you need to consider because it changes how you relate to the story. And so this is what we talked about last week. And, and it happens so that we would experience new life with him. Paul says in Romans 6, 5, if we've been united uh, with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So, so something has happened, something has changed, and it changed there at the cross by Jesus. And, and, and so, um, so he didn't just die for us, we died with him. And so Paul goes to this over and over again throughout the scripture, and, and it's in there, and I think sometimes we skip over it because we're not exactly sure how to make it fit into the way that we think. But he says in Galatians 2.20, you have been crucified with Christ, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, that's what I was just talking about, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He picks it up again in Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, so Paul is letting us know that, that what happens is that Death and resurrection happen with Jesus uh, and in Jesus, and, and it, he takes us through the process with him. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about it some more, Romans 6, 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And so Paul is saying that we went through this, we've been crucified, all of this happened and resurrected so that we could be set free from sin. So not only has the power of death been dealt with, our bondage to sin, our slavery to sin has also been dealt with. And that's significant. Now, people will start to go, what does that mean then that we will we'll never sin? Let me, there's a difference, so I want you to hang with me, so don't check out at that point. We will still choose to make some silly mistakes along this journey. But the power that we had over us before is now broken. We're no longer in bondage and slavery to sin. We've been set free. And what Paul is saying here is that the sinful us that hung on the cross, the, 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 the sinful us, the person who had sin living in them at our core, that person hung on the cross with Jesus. And, and so we are now different. Something happened in that process. And what's be happened is that we are now new creations. We're new creations. This is a huge deal. We've spent some time talking about this in the past. Uh, and Paul says this is kind of like something, it's like new clothing that, that we put on. And so, and so if we're not careful, sometimes we'll go and get some old clothing that doesn't fit us. But we can walk around in this new clothing. We're a new creation. And what that means is the old you, the, the, the broken 
See, we, we tend to see ourselves still. This is one of the things we have to overcome. As sort of, we can be like an outcast or a failure or I'm no good or, you know, I can't do anything or I don't perform well enough or, I'm, you know, I'm sort of a has-been or I'm always an outsider or whatever, whatever we might experience sometimes. That person is absolutely no longer who you are. You are not that person any longer because of the cross. You're not a loser. You're not a failure. You're not worthless. You're not rejected. You were those things. Because that's what sin had done to us. See, sin began to define who we were. It wasn't that we were just doing wrong things. It actually took over and we just became wrong. It was an identity level. And so it began to define everything that you are and everything that you do. But, but what's happened now is because of what Jesus has done, we have a new identity. That's what we've been talking about. We're image bearers once again. And so you are no longer those things. That's not who you are. You're not defined by those things. Because we've joined with Jesus in his resurrection. Romans 6, uh, 8. Now if we died with Christ, that's what that means, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And so what's happened is we've been born as new creations. We're, we're not who we were. We are wholly new on this journey. And we have this new identity, once again, as image bearers of God. And, and so because of what Jesus has done, and that scripture just said that, that he, he died to sin and now he's living for God, Paul says that's what we're supposed to be doing as well, Romans 6.11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now that idea of counting yourself there, what Paul is saying is, he's saying, listen, I, I want you to start thinking about what this means. I need you to contemplate what's happening here. Count yourselves. You need to start seeing yourselves differently than you have in the past. And, and over and over again, Paul gets into this idea that what needs to take place in us is that our, we need to have a mindset change. That, that ultimately on this journey, we're learning to think with the mind of Christ. And that that's where we sort of fall short. And, and now what happens is, in those places where we're choosing not to do the right thing, it's not because we don't, we, we don't have a choice. We do. It's because we're not thinking about it the way that we should yet. And those areas that still haven't changed, I, I just haven't started thinking about it the way Jesus would have me think about it. I haven't started thinking about who I am now. I haven't started thinking about what it means. I haven't started really taking you know, a hold of the idea that I am a new creation, that, that the things that I once sort of turned to and, and found comfort in all those things, none of those really work for me anymore uh, because all of my comfort, everything now is found in Him. Everything good comes from the life that He calls me and, and brings me into. And so things have changed. And, and so Paul is saying we really need to partner with God here and get a new mindset. It's about yielding to the Holy Spirit, really checking in, really listening, uh, starting to see things differently, having a new perspective about what's happening uh, as we continue to live this life. And, and so there's a, the part of the story is this, and you know, we're going to get back into the Exodus here in just a moment when I, in that area. Um, See, you've been freed from the slavery to sin. And it's very much like in the Exodus, 
uh, and the story I was reading you, the, the people of God had been freed from slavery in Egypt where they'd been 400 years. But that was the life that they knew and understood. And so, and it was a terrible life. It wasn't a good life, but they knew it. And then God comes in, who they don't really know. Uh, they had 400 years in Egypt where they didn't really know God. And then God shows up and says, well, you're my people, and here's what he does. And he does these miracles, these t- ten huge miracles, right, that get the people free, and they're amazing. And then he, you know, he backs it up again. He takes them through the, the, the sea, you know, the Red Sea, and he drowns Pharaoh's army. Pretty big deal. And then he makes sure that they have water, and he makes sure that they have manna, and he makes sure that they have quail. And what he's doing is he's trying to teach these people who don't know him that they can trust him. And he's, he's going to do everything he says if they'll just trust him. That's really what, what we need to do. It's about trusting God. See, it's a change in mindset. But what mindset do they still have? They still have a slavery mindset. They're still stuck in that bondage to once they were. Because every time something goes a little the way they don't like it, what do they They start to complain. They, we don't like this food. We don't like this bread. We don't like this water. We don't like this. We don't like this. And they start complaining, complaining, complaining. What they're saying is we'd rather go back to the old way of doing things, as horrible as it was. There's something in that that is, is sort of constantly pulling us, and that's what they wanted to go back to. And what they have to learn, what God wants them to learn is, no, 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 here's where you're going to find life. Trust me and walk with me. Remember, that's been the thing from the beginning. God wants to dwell with us and partner with us to make a difference here Uh, on the planet that's been the whole idea from the beginning and we keep saying to god now we want to do it our way and he's saying there's no life when you do it your way there's a whole different power in that other life that power of death is is over there and this the bondage to sin but you've been set free from that and so i need you to start thinking about it a little differently and that's what god is calling us to to think differently it's about developing the mind of christ to begin to look at some of these things and ask him to help us understand them and to see what's going on and to really press in and continue to press in so i want to give you something else to think about today and i'm going to tie in the the numbers passage that i had alice read so uh, another thing that jesus does is that he uses death to kill sin it's kind of fascinating how this works and what i want you to think about uh for this week because what it means to us in how we've been set free that jesus actually uses death he's gonna when he takes death down he's gonna take sin down with it so that we don't have to be in bondage to it any longer so there's a great story that happens in john chapter 3 a lot of you will know john 3 it's where we get john 316 from for almost everybody knows that one for god so loved the world okay Well, that is a byproduct of an encounter that Jesus has with Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. And uh, a Pharisee was a, at that period in history, was a pretty good thing for them. They they had a lot of bad stuff. But if you were a Pharisee, that gave you a pretty good spot. Kind of the the ruling party of the day, and you were well-respected, and uh, you had position, and you had a lot of other things that came from being a Pharisee. But Nicodemus is cool, because Nicodemus knows that Jesus is doing something special. He gets it. And and there's some other Pharisees that do too. And in fact... Maybe one of the saddest things about the Pharisees is that that, uh, a lot of them know that Jesus is from God, but a bunch of them decide that they don't like the package, and they're going to keep doing it their way, and they actually figure out they're just going to kill him 
and not deal with him. But, but there are some who get it, and, and Nicodemus is one of them. But he's a little worried about losing his position and everything, because you sort of get that. And so he goes to see Jesus at night, so nobody knows. But he's got some questions, and he wants to go meet Jesus and kind of figure out what's going on. And so that sets up the story. So in John 3, verse 1. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. And he said, Rabbi, we know that your teacher has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. It's a pretty, pretty nice way to get going. I love how Jesus responds to folks, and especially folks who need to sort of come to grips with what they know and what they think they know. And do you know who you think? Do you know who I think I am? Have I ever said that to you? That, that one gets me in trouble a lot. Do you know who I think I am? I think that's right. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now that's a weird statement. And Jesus could have said a lot of things. Now let's, let's clarify. We understand the kingdom of God there. Don't, if you read that and you thought about heaven, that's not what he's talking about there. Kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the rule and reign of God. No one's going to see the rule and reign of God unless they are born again. Well, Nicodemus just goes, what does that even mean to be born again? I don't understand that at all. What do we, how do we, we can't go back to the womb? What are you talking about? And they go back and forth. And Jesus says this. He says to him in verse uh, 12, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then, will I, uh, how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses, here comes our scripture reading, lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now, Jesus fortunately lets us know there. He's saying, listen, I, I, I talked to you about earthly things. You don't even get them. I'm going to talk to you about heavenly things. You won't understand them unless God reveals them to you. But, but he's hoping that he does, that we start thinking with the mind of Christ. And he reveals something powerful. Now, that, that story in Numbers, I, I never, that used to never make sense to me, that story in Numbers. I think, what in the world is going on with the bronze snake? I don't even get it. It looks like idol worship or something. I don't know how this fits into the story. What in the world are you doing? And, and how is that? Why is that the answer that Jesus gives to somebody who's looking to get saved? Uh, and you think, well, that's, a, that's crazy. And you go, what in the world is going on with that whole process? Well, Jesus is giving us a revelation of something that happened back in that encounter. And that once we get it, and Nicodemus would know the story. Once Nicodemus gets it, it's going to change the way that he thinks about everything. So go back to the scripture reading. You know, I'm not putting the scripture back up. But what's happened is the people are complaining to God, uh, to Moses. And it's a bad complaint, too. It's like, you know, we, we want to go and do our own thing. We'll go back to slavery. We don't want to go this way. And as a result of all that complaining, poisonous snakes begin to bite the Israelites. And they begin to die. And, and so <laughs> the Israelites don't care for that. And so they go back and they, they start begging Moses to talk to God and make a way for them once again. Can you, can you go and work this out? And so and God's response, I used to think, what in the world is he doing that? He tells Moses, he said, listen, go, go get a bronze, go make a snake, get a snake and put it up on a pole. Uh, the problem is snakes. And what you're going to do is you're going to put a snake on the pole. And everybody who looks at the snake, if they get bit... They're going to live. 
Now you think, well, that is really, really weird. Take the problem and put it on a pole, and then if you look to the pole, you'll be saved. Why would Jesus say that to Nicodemus? Well, very cool. Now, when you think about snakes, serpents, you can always go back to the beginning of the story because you know the whole story, right? And what was the problem in the first? We, we in effect, got bit by a serpent, and his poison has, has killed us. That, that's what happened. And so we have an issue. And, and, and so, you know, this poison is working through our lives, and, and the poison of the false sin has afflicted us all. And that's the problem we have. Well, what Jesus is going to do is what he's telling Nicodemus is this. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is one of those verses I, I hope you memorize. Because it's the 5 two, one thing that I do all the time. Be thankful for five things. So you remember this verse. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So huge connection that you need. Jesus actually becomes sin. In fact, the entire story is kind of building to this moment where... where so that all sin, all evil, everything is drawn to this moment in history. So that when Jesus takes it down with him, defeats it with death, he does it forever. He's going to, everything points to the, the law, everything is pointing to this moment. And Jesus, Israel's representative, God came, comes in the flesh. He takes it on willingly. He takes it on. It all comes on him. And then he takes it down and, and in death, he does everything that needs to happen so that the beginning of new creation can start because that thing that was holding it back is now dealt with at the cross. See, that's what he's doing. And just like in that picture where the problem was a snake, so you put a snake on the pole, sin is the problem, so what do you do? Jesus becomes sin and God puts him on a pole. And everyone who looks to him, everyone who understands what Jesus has done, everyone who gets the idea that Jesus did that for us, defeated death and rose again, they can be saved. That's what he's telling Nicodemus, who asked the whole question, what does it look like? He said, that's what it's going to look like. And, and so it's this amazing thing that happens. And, and you can take it a, a, another step. And I really like this. So they're on the cross. God makes Jesus sin, becomes sin. He doesn't actually sin, but he becomes sin. No, nope. hear what I'm saying? And then he puts, them, puts him on a tree. What happened in Genesis 3 at the fall is that Eve, in effect, takes sin off the tree and ruins the world. And there at the cross, God takes sin and puts it back on the tree so that we can be free from it. And now we live in that whole idea. See, the, the sin is dealt with. The apple, the fruit is back on the tree. And we're back in the garden. And that's what we're looking at. And if you can take that in, it's a, it's a, you got to kind of ask God to help you take it in. If you can take that in, I promise you it will change the way that you look at your life in this story. Okay, that's enough for today. <laughs> Think about that last bit over and over again. <gasps> Ooh, look at that. Sin off the tree, back on the tree. We're restored. New creations, everything is different. And that's what happens. Okay. So that's good. We want to pray for you. And uh, we'll ask Holy Spirit to come and just minister to us here. Uh, Alice, come on up. And we'll just take a moment. I do want to make sure that you're, you're having opportunities to 
to be prayed for. I know we're having to do it in a big group because we, we can't quite do it the way we like down on the wall. But, um, but just sort of be open to this time. And uh, Holy Spirit, won't you come now and just move among us and just touch people right where they're at. There are people today who need physical healing. And I pray that you would just bring that healing to them now. That you would just come in power and, and write in whatever's going on. That you would bring healing, God. Set people free in their physical lives. Lord, bring, bring amazing healing and touch, Lord, and just change them forever. There are people today who are, who are tired and weary, frustrated. Holy Spirit, would you come now and minister peace and patience, strength. You know, you, I, I, for somebody, you just need to just so you need to see today is like a brand new day, and and just let all of that mess, everything that's been on you, the burden you've been carrying, whatever that is, just let that go. Today is a brand new day. God just wants you to walk in this new day. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Walk in that. God's got you. He's for you. He's with you, and you can rest in and settle in Him. Uh, when Steve said there's people that need healing today, I just felt like someone's really struggling with arthritis, and it's in your joints. And I just saw the Lord pouring oil into each of your joints and bringing healing. So if that's you, Father, I ask right now that that would come, that that healing would come over those joints and in that arthritis in Jesus' name. Then he also showed me that there's someone that, and, and you've said these words, I am so burned out. And you've actually said, I don't know how much more I can take. And what the Lord wants you to know today is that he's your champion. And he's going he's gonna to bring you back to restoration. You don't have to get it perfect. He doesn't like perfection. He wants your attention. And then I, don't, I had this, this thought that someone went fishing yesterday. And you were on a boat with other people, and you caught the biggest fish. And the Lord, and you've been wondering, is this real, what these people say? Is Jesus real? And the Lord said, I've told you this today so that you know I am real. I am the great I am. And he wants your attention. He wants your life. Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's good. So, uh, yeah, if that's you... This whole thing starts with Jesus. See, entering into this amazing thing that's happened, it all starts by asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And, and that's what Nicodemus went to see Jesus about. And, and Jesus tells Nicodemus in a way that he can hear it. Maybe that's just a way for you can, you can hear it. But you need to hear it and receive it. And, then, and, and the way that you, because he's done all the work, what you do is you just say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to be a part of your story. And when you do that, you are. And everything changes. This amazing, miraculous thing happens. And you become a new creation. You might not feel it right away. It's not like, but you are. And you begin to walk in it. And the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you and begins to change your heart and your mind. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never done it, do it now. Best decision you will ever make. If you're online and you do that, let me know. Will you just text the word heart to me at that number so I can know. I get a little thing later, and I can celebrate with you. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to start this journey, okay? So it starts there.
Thank you, everybody, for your generosity. We're just blessed to be a part of this group. I, I don't know how, how else to say that other than it, it blesses us to be in this whole thing with you and laboring together. So thank you for all of that. Praise God from whom all. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Hope your team wins. If you're heading out, please head out. These doors are open for you so you don't have to touch anything. And make sure your mask is on. It's a courtesy to everybody else. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming. We'll see you very, very soon. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.